0: Hello, Explorers. I'm Pamela Rickia, and this is episode number 193 of the podcast. It's the 11th of September, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a lovely conversation with Martha Delmore about unschooling with younger children. Unschooling wasn't even on her radar before she had kids. She's actually a former high school teacher, but her desire to maintain and enhance her relationships with her kids led her down this unexpected path. We dive into attachment parenting, when family members question our choices, the transition to unschooling, and lots more. As a personal update, maybe it's the fall freshness in the air, but this weekend I did a pretty deep dive into my goals and priorities for the next few months and how I might weave them into my days. I've also been working with Ann Oman and Anna Brown to schedule our Q&A chat for the spring group of Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit participants. We'll be opening enrollment next month, which we only do twice a year, so we're starting to gear up for that. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And thanks to Joe for increasing their pledge. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it's integral to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Martha. Welcome, I'm Pam LaRicchia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Martha Delmore. Hi, Martha.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for saying yes. And just a little introduction for people. Jen Keep was on the podcast a few episodes ago, and she mentioned how much she enjoys watching you in action with you young kids. So I couldn't pass up the opportunity to connect with you, and I was thrilled when you said yes. So to get us started, Martha, can you share a little bit about you and your family? Yeah.
1: Um, I have a four- and a seven-year-old um, We, um, let's see, we live, we co-own a home with my parents, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, so I live in my home. We've got my parents and then my two young kids and my husband. Um, my four year old is the spiciest, fieriest little, she's just a firecracker and she was born that way. She's been that way since she was born. Um, she spends all her time, well, as much as she can riding, um, or horses actually. And yeah, it's she gets on that eleven hundred pound horse and bosses her around like it's nobody's business. It's amazing. Huh. Um and my seven year old is he's incredible. He is kind and funny and he moves through life with his body all the time. He's the most kinesthetic person. Actually, maybe just aside from my husband that I've ever met. He's always like climbing and bouncing and running and skating. And, um, he's just moving. He, he experiences life through his body, which is so fun to watch. Um, and then my husband owns his own business. So he's home a fair amount and it allows us a little bit of time to maybe play as a family more than we would if he was working a more traditional job. Um, so we just spend a lot of time, the kids and I, and, Joey when he's available my husband just playing outside. We live in Colorado, so we've got lots of fun outdoor stuff Um, We live about a mile from a lake and so we spend lots of time catching tadpoles and frogs and um, All that kind of stuff that's, (laughs)
0: That's who we are I suppose that sounds spectacular. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love. I love the connections too, because as you described your son, he sounds a lot like uh, my son Michael. Like when you talk about always moving and and very kinesthetic with his learning and touching and, yeah, because as as I've watched Michael over the years, he's always been drawn to physical things, you know, like with the karate and the performance martial arts and then into the stunt work. Like when I used to, I, I'll always remember I was going, he was when he was a younger teen, was going to um, pick up a friend. And I was taking them, of course, to the monkey vault, the parkour gym, right? You know, where they were all going to go. But it was him and a friend waiting for their third friend. And his one friend was, you know, sitting on the on the chair on the porch. And Michael was, you know, just walking, bouncing up and down the stairs, jumped up, down, up, down, up, down. Like he wasn't even still, right? He was still having conversations, doing everything, but he's always moving. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when he's the most
1: engaged, he's also the most, the most physical. Yep. I would say he's definitely the most distracted when he's in somewhere that he needs to kind of sit still. Um, So it's been, it's been really fun to watch. It's so different than how I work. And so it's, it's just interesting to see the way we're all wired a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, no, I I find it really fascinating too. And it's so interesting to see how, Different people love to engage with the world, right? And just seeing them in all the different situations and seeing their, you know, their essence always there. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So I would love to hear how you discovered your passion for treating children as whole whole people so early in your parenting journey. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it um it was a journey for me. I have always loved kids, and I nannied. As long, I mean, gosh, I think I was 11 years old when I started nannying, and so I've always been around kids. I feel like um, I liked them even when I was a kid. I liked the little ones, um, and I so I have some older siblings, and my husband also has older siblings, and so they most of them had babies before us, mm-hmm. and most of them followed a really traditional path of um, just kind of mainstream parenting. They kind of let them cry it out and did the sleep training and all of that. Um, and it it just felt agitating to me watching it. But I also was like, this is just what you do. Like, it's just what you do in this culture with babies. And then my sister-in-law, Lisa, had her first baby. And she is also a fabulous firecracker of a woman. Um, and she just threw all of that out the window. And she was like, when my baby cries, I'm going to pick him up. And I'm going to wear him. And I'm going to feed on demand. And um, she did all of these things that I had not seen done before. Um, and it was years, gosh, her, I mean, it was a lot of years before I had kids, but I remember watching her and just being so curious and so in awe of what she was doing. And people were giving her a fair amount of pushback. The family members were like, what are you doing? You need to let him cry it out. Don't let him sleep in your bed. And she just kind of did her thing. And she ended up finding some research. She found Dr. Sears and stuff, but in general, she was just like, I'm going to do what I feel like is right. And that was the first time I'd seen it done. And it felt so liberating. Um, When I had my own, I felt like she kind of paved the way and took some of the heat off. And um, so, yeah, I think she was the main reason that I was at least exposed early to this way of parenting. And ultimately, it just came down to like seeing her kids as people, to, to recognizing their needs as needs and not something they needed to be trained out of. So, um, and then as, as I had my own babies and I started researching more, I found a fair amount of literature out there and available about like childhood development and how our brains work and, um, books like the whole brain child or no drama discipline that talk about, I think, um, yeah, I guess just childhood development, but also, our kids not manipulating us that when our kids are crying or when they're melting, there's an underlying need that is not being met. Um, And so I loved having first Lisa and then there's just a lot of science that backs it up, which for me didn't really help. I would have done it regardless, I think, but it helped with the naysayers to be able to point them in a direction of some science.
0: It's true. I mean, those kind of, more that that's the more um conventional proof right that that people are more comfortable when some expert has said that yeah. it's okay right i mean okay. i mean it's also it that's a really interesting thing that i play around with when it comes to experts because the information they they're sharing is interesting right mm-hmm. but so it's it on one hand it's interesting to know it's interesting to know more detail about child development and and all that kind of stuff that's that's really fascinating just like you know with unschooling it's really interesting to to learn about learning and to see right. why unschooling creates such an amazing yeah. environment for learning right. to happen um, right. but then there's that piece about you know the the expertise as in, you know, really it is about our experiences because that's our life. This is our reality. This is how we are. It's great to see the connections with the expertise, yeah. but you can always find experts that are going to be telling you the whole range of things, right? I, there's tons Absolutely. of experts out there with conventional parenting advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. That's, there, that's why I, I love to bring it back to our experiences. Like how is it working in our relationships with our own children and using that as our starting place, right?
1: Absolutely. And the reality is when I think about my kids as babies and certainly now, um, there was just no way that I could have like kept the connection between me and my kids and also done a more mainstream style of parenting um at least it wouldn't have been as like i don't think it would have been as beautiful as it is the times that i tried to like they were both kids who needed to be in bed with me as babies um they slept the best i slept the best um but they would just scream and scream and scream when i laid them down and once i got to the point where i was like i'm just going to wear them in a wrap or i'm just going to let them sleep here um there was just peace back in our relationship and so for me more than any of the books it just became like Lisa, a lesson in
0: like seeing my kids. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, So I take it from what you're talking about. That's really uh, kind of in the wheelhouse of attachment parenting. Yes. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So I was curious to know which aspects of the attachment parenting philosophy that you found to be most valuable for your relationships with your kids. You know, uh, just curious about which pieces you found really helpful and how they play out in your days. How do you see it in in action?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And it was, you know, it's interesting even thinking about Cause I feel like to think about the main aspects, I have to tease it apart more than I normally would. Um, But I think just um, like the connection or the empathy piece is probably the biggest, the biggest factor that comes out of that. And um, yeah. in really just in seeing them. And so, you know, my seven year old, for instance, is definitely old enough to like get his own shoes or make himself a snack but he feels super loved and super cared for when i do those things for him and so i don't you know i don't do them because i like have to but i know that it's a way that i can like love him and i know this because i spend enough time with him and i i just i work really hard to see them um and there are times that, i mean that sounds so i guess cliche But when they're melting on the floor, which does happen in our home, despite the amount of peace we have, there's still big melts. (laughs) Um, When I can step back from myself and recognize that there's like, there's zero manipulation. They're just needing something, whether that's a little bit of extra love by me getting their shoes, or they've missed a snack or being able to enter those places with empathy. It's been a game changer. Um, It takes out like the power struggle dynamic from our relationship. Um, and that is, I think just such a gift for all of us. Um, when I'm not feeling like they're constantly trying to manipulate me and I'm not looking at them as, um, something that I need to control in life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a huge piece. I think I, I, for me in my journey, that was one of the big shifts as well. Like to realize that they're not trying to control us Mm -hmm. and that their reactions like what felt like power struggle is a great way to describe it right because you're trying to get them to do something and then their reaction you think is 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 trying to manipulate you but it is a totally logical reaction to the control that you're trying to put on top of them once you start to see that you can't unsee it when you start seeing things from their perspective and that they are just trying to communicate. They're not trying to manipulate. Right. You're totally right. Like that, that is a game changer piece and, and to be able to meet them with that empathy, wherever they are. That's amazing, isn't it?
1: And I just think it's not, I don't know how to like have that authentic empathy. If my posture towards them is one in which I'm, like, certain that they're trying to control me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, for me, it was so, I guess, vital in being able to, like, reach them or engage with them in that empathy um, to let go of that belief that they were, like, trying to, you know, that there needed to be a control aspect in that situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you when you think about kids and how they're expressing, you know, their needs and everything. They really, really aren't, they're not trying to piss you off. They're not trying to frustrate you. They're not, not at all. I mean, once you start looking at, looking at things through their eyes, right? You, you remember, yeah. like you said, and it it's important to have this time, be spending time with them because you know, like the three things that have already gone wrong today. And now getting their shoes on, which maybe they've done all sorts of times now is like that last, that last straw or something, you know, to understand each other at that level, to be able to meet them, understanding where they are in this particular moment. It's, it's, it's so valuable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just one more kind of thought on that is um part of like stepping I, stepping outside of I, I guess like the childism discussion. But like if my husband, for instance, was just having a hard day and was like, can you grab my shoes for me or can you grab my water? There's no part of me that would be like, grab it yourself. You're totally capable. Um, but I don't know how many times I've watched that kind of struggle and even at times been like pulled into being like, just get it yourself, kiddo. Um but that's a different way than I would ever respond to any of the adults in my life. And so just recognizing that difference too, has been part of my journey.
0: Yeah. I I think that shift too, from, because my impression is, you know, people are, well, I want them to learn. I want them to learn to take care of themselves. They have to learn how to get Mm -hmm. these things for themselves and do these things for themselves. Right. But what As you're coming to, you know, this style of parenting and into unschooling, you realize that the person where they are is more important yeah. than whatever lesson it is that you are wanting to impart. and And you come to see that there's always time for those moments. There will be the time when they go and grab this thing or when they, but that's, that's the key, right? Is it's taking it back to their timetable. And that's why Mm -hmm. when I'm, you know, when we talk to people coming to unschooling, it's like, give it six months, give it a year so that you see all those moments between when they want help and like you said, it's an expression of love for them so often, right? When we're there to help them and the times when they're, you know, ready gung ho and they're taking it on themselves. You you have to see the whole gamut to realize that it's all there. Right. And I think there's such a big difference between kids too. Like
1: my four year old is the most, I mean, she's probably more organized than me. Um, she's constantly like folding and organizing and picking up dishes and, it's just how she's wired. She loves it. It's yeah. find it very helpful. <laughs> but um my seven-year-old, we haven't done chores. We never did chores. We just kind of contribute to the house and they're I mean that yeah, we've we've not done forced chores at all. And I remember so many discussions with my husband and with my parents, and they're like, How is Max gonna learn to like clean up? And how is he gonna learn to bring his dishes in and put them in the dishwasher if you're not making him do it? Yeah. Um and I just, I felt like I read a lot and listened a lot. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's happened. happen. Like, I'm pretty sure he's going to. And within the last like six months or so, he'll get really excited and he'll run in and he'll rinse his dish and put it in the dishwasher and dance back to wherever he was going. Um, but there's never been a struggle over it. And at the same time, my daughter, who's three years younger, has been doing it for like two years because she just loves to do it. <laughs> um, so that's been an interesting thing to watch as well. And that like, if I would have been more impatient, there could have been years of struggle with my son that I really feel like I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't engage in because I think he's there on his own. Um But just the idea of like giving our kids time, and some of our kids need a different amount of time to arrive at a similar place than others.
0: Yeah, and and that time varies depending on what it is, too, right? Obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's that is one of the 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 hard shifts is, is going from our timeline and kind of what our expectations are at various ages. So it's so funny, you know, taking your daughter for an example, she's really early with wanting to tidy things up and, and that kind of stuff. But I imagine there's other things that she doesn't do on the more typical timeline yet as parents we're like oh great for all the things they're doing ahead and pushing for all the things they're behind and you know so they can't win can they? <laughs> when you approach it that way yep. absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah so you mentioned that you're living uh your parents are living with you guys um and yep. my dad's living here too i really enjoy the the various generations all together. Uh, but I know it can be challenging when our parents or extended family aren't familiar with our style of parenting, you know, as you were seeing with your sister-in-law, right? When she first started. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could share some of the ways that you've handled those kinds of comments or questions.
1: Yeah. Um, a couple different ways. Um, kind of depending on how it's being presented to me, I would say. Um yeah. As far as the unschooling goes, my um, my parents thought I was crazy and we were living, I mean we co-own a home and so it was important that at the very least they are, even if they don't agree with it, that they understand it a little bit
0: mm-hmm. because
1: in order for my kids to thrive I felt like that was really important. And so we actually went to an unschooling conference and they came with us um, and My mom is willing to read quite a bit, so she'd also read and listened to your podcast and some other podcasts and was was kind of learning about it that way. But my dad was just kind of like, I don't know, none of this makes sense, and he wasn't super interested in reading. But he went to a dad's group at the unschooling conference. Um, For whatever reason, the communication, the dialogue that happened there was transformative for him. And he came back to the hotel room that night and was like, I wish we could have done this with you guys. Um, what a gift. So that is, um, that was big in the unschooling. Although still, even today, before this, we were having a conversation and he's like, I just don't know how Max is going to learn to read. Um, and I said, well, I have yet to hear of an unschooled child who doesn't eventually learn to read. And if you want some other resources, I can point you in that direction. Um, so there's still, you know, some curiosity maybe, um, about how some of it works. But as far as the parenting style goes, that was maybe a little bit more challenging even um, because I think it was, um, you know, we all like, for, in general, I think people do the best they can with what they know. And so my, our parents, my parents did the best they can with what they knew. And primarily what they knew was what the doctors were telling them at that time, yeah. which was pretty authoritarian. And um so I actually think that watching the style of parenting might have been a bit triggering even in that um like it maybe triggered some grief in the way that my mom specifically I think experienced that more than my dad mm-hmm. in the way that they parented um and so there's been both some like grief but also healing in watching the way that I parent my mom has we've had those conversations um but early on when I would get pushed back or maybe unsolicited advice, I would say, thank you so much for your opinion. What we're doing is working well for us right now, but I'll take into consideration what you're saying if it stops working. And after about the fourth time I said that, um, I maybe received a little bit less unsolicited advice, or it came in a more gentle fashion and a little bit less judgmental. So we joke about that, because if I pull that line out now, my mom's like, okay, okay, I'll chill out. Um, (laughs) so that's kind of how we've navigated that stuff
0: yeah yeah that's very that was quite similar to my experience as well I mean for me it was important to have that that level of confidence as in because if I went into those situations and I was questioning things myself, or I was asking for advice, of course, they're going to give me the advice that they know, like you were talking about, right? And they're trying to be helpful. Um, You know, so to be able to just say, you know, we're happy, like the minute that was one of the first things I would say, well, things are working well, but the for now, right? Because number one, you're not drawing a hard line, because we too have no idea what's going to happen in the future right you know so and and it people become so much more defensive when it like this is the way we're doing and this way we're doing it forever and you know screw you that kind of attitude of course is not conducive to a connection and an ongoing relationship with them which is what you're developing or maintaining with family right absolutely yeah yeah so yeah I just go ahead go ahead sorry (laughs) <laughs> I, was no, saying, I was just going to. That's did. what I did, right? I just took that and and just said, you know, we're happy with the way things are going now, and the kids are running around playing, and they look like they're happy, you know. Right. So it, you, it, that piece was the most important piece, and and just acknowledging that their 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 interest that they care. Um, and that we'll take that, like you said, take that into consideration if things start looking different or whatever, but that yeah. was always, that helped seemed to be one of the best ways to, um, to totally get across that. I don't need, I'm not looking for that kind of, I'm not looking for advice. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put I'm not looking for advice. Things are going really well right now. We're happy. And thanks. And, right. and then it's like pass the bean dip kind of thing, or you know, what are you? What what's what movie did you see lately, or something like that? And any kind of switch in the conversation so that it doesn't become personal about them. It's just the topic.
1: Yep. And that's what I was going to say. Is it's never. I've never. I don't feel like when I I think about the way you are raised. Like I, there's no animosity, or yeah. even still sometimes when um, and my mom has had such a big shift in the way that she um parents is even us as adult kids um but i don't i just think i don't think yeah there was never any like ill will in the advice that she was giving me um and i think that helped help to remember so that it didn't become a conflict necessarily between us um and yeah like you said we could keep the connection there as well while still raising my kids in a way that for now was working really well for us.
0: Yeah. And it for me it too, it was just that little switch. Like, you know, we talked about doing with our kids, seeing things from their perspective. Yeah, I can acknowledge this looks really weird for you. <laughs> you know totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can take that piece and and realize that if they're grumpy or snarky about it, that that has to do with them. That doesn't have to do with me. Um, totally. you know, so I don't have to take it personally. And, you know, and then I'd remember yeah. the times my cousins and stuff. I've always thought I was weird from the time I was a teenager. I just remember like, you're weird. You're weird. <laughs> but, you right. know, so this is just nothing new. <laughs> right. There's
1: something lovely though. I feel like doing this kind of parenting, which is maybe not mainstream and then unschooling, which is also not mainstream. There's something lovely about finally being able to, like, float down the river of, like, it's okay. It looks different than most of mainstream, and we're, loved, like, I love it. I love the life we're living. And so just letting go of that um, desire to conform maybe to that mainstream is lovely.
0: Yeah, and, and that when you dig deep enough that we still, you know, the desire for approval, I think maybe. That can can yeah. be underneath there. You know, you want your parents to approve of your choices and, you know, brothers and sisters and things. It would be nice if they thought what you were doing was somewhat cool when, you know, for us, it's super cool. <laughs> but yeah, to be able to to release that piece is really, really valuable. And yeah. I, so you brought that up there. And I, I'd love to talk about that, that transition from attachment parenting to unschooling. So I'm curious how you actually discovered unschooling in there and whether or not you felt that your days changed as your son reached school age.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a long journey for me. And um, there was a lot of judgment um, on my end towards homeschoolers even. My background is secondary education. So my plan from an early age, like, sixth or seventh grade was to teach high school English. Yeah. Um, and I went to college and I, I loved my education classes. I love my English classes. Um, I'm a book. I just could spend days in the books. Um, and I worked, um, at a high school and loved it. Um, part and then I had a kid and even at the high school, there was, Um, a posture of like, those homeschoolers are such like, what idiots, like, why would they homeschool their kids? I teach them to write a great essay. Like, why would they think they could do that better? Um, To the point that even my husband, who wasn't really pro or against homeschooling, would be like, what is your deal? Chill out. And I was like, they're just like, why would they do that? Um, And then I had Max. And I was suddenly like, why would I send him to school? Like, why would I send him to preschool? He doesn't want to leave me. He's three years old. Um, like why would I send him to teachers who don't even know him for three to six hours a day? Um, and then he got towards school age and I was like, why why would we like send him away for eight hours a day? Um, which my husband and I still laugh about because (laughs) of how it started out. Um, And during that time, I also met a homeschool family and I knew the kids before I knew that they were homeschooled and I loved the kids and the way they interacted with us as adults was distinctly different than other kids. And so I was a bit blown away to realize they were homeschooled because because it was so different than what I had been picturing. Mm -hmm. And um, that was probably a step in my journey as well. And so when I brought up, I guess my son was about three or four to my husband, um, the possibility of homeschooling. And he was totally on board with it. He kind of goes with the flow in a lot of ways. Um, although he's, yeah, he was just like karma coming back to bite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. but um, so I started looking at homeschooling and I read about all the different kinds of ways to educate your, your kiddo or a lot of them at least. And I was like, so I'm going to homeschool, but those unschoolers are super weird. I'm never doing that. Um, and so I met with a family. I, I, the first family I knew was doing classical curriculum CC. And so I was like, well, this sounds fabulous. And I met with them and I was like, wow, it's really intense academically. There's so much memorization, like how neat. And then when I thought about doing it with my son, I was like, this will never work. Like there will be so much conflict if I try and teach him this way. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, well, maybe let's look into the Montessori method. And so I did a lot of research and I was like, this is perfect. And I met with a, a woman who was um, homeschooling her kids with the Montessori method. And she was talking about her day and the different methods and how they looked. And I was like, ooh, I'm not sure this is all going to work. So I went back to the drawing board and I was like, Waldorf, that's it. It's outside. It's in nature. Like, this will be Perfect and then i met with a woman who's doing waldorf with her family actually a woman and her husband and as we went through what that looked like for them to really keep with the waldorf methodology i again was like there's going to be con- like i'm gonna- there's going to be struggle um just knowing who max is um and i finally just kind of tumbled into the unschooling realm and i was shocked that all the things I learned in my education classes about how human beings learn melded beautifully with the unschooling philosophy that when humans are um, that when we're engaged and when we're interested that there's just deep learning that can take place and all the things that I would try to make happen in my classroom in a 50 minute time period trying to get the engagement trying to get the interest so that like learning could take root and interest could be sparked. Was just the life of the unschoolers. Um, and so that's kind of how we tumbled into unschooling. And once I started reading, I read your books um, and I followed Sandra Dodd and just a number of it. I read some Peter Gray and it just all made so much sense to me and was the thing that maybe most aligned with what I'd learned about learning in college. So that's, that's how a- we ended up in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that is super interesting. So from your attachment parenting days into now your unschooling days with Max, have you seen kind of a difference in in maybe in your focus or in how the days roll? What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think there was
0: ever much of a change. Um,
1: I think what probably shifted the most was my... um, Maybe my perspective Mm -hmm. and my, I think as he got to be school age, I was a little bit more um, at the beginning of each school year. I can feel myself getting a little bit more anxious. I can feel myself comparing a little bit more like, oh, other 11 year olds are doing this or Max is doing this instead of that. Um, But as soon as I start like reading more and remembering why we're doing what we're doing, I just, that I can release that um, a little bit, but our days never much changed because Our days kind of started out as, I mean, from the time he was little, being connected and like living a life where we just kind of followed what was exciting to us. And that includes, I mean, just kind of whatever interests us and kind of staying there for as long as it's interesting and then dabbling in something else. And um, so I don't think our actual days look a lot different. It's probably more of an internal landscape as far as what looks different.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's such a great point. Yeah, and and that that doesn't real that doesn't surprise me because, you know, from attachment parenting where you're already looking um at staying connected and trust and empathy and all those things in the relationship, the focus is on the relationship. And it's interesting like that changed internally for us when they kind of hit school age because I am, imagine maybe it's the the actual action of the days doesn't change but now you're looking more at the learning right the learning yep and and that processing you're talking about is you know that process of remembering how important the relationship is and that the learning happens but each time it's it's that real oh i can see the learning happening i can see that he's learning this learning that the comparison things and then working through, oh yeah, you know, following the interests, keeping the relationship strong and connected—all those things are what are what lie underneath the learning happening, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it was really interesting because last year was the first year
1: where we lived that we had to do any kind of reporting, mm-hmm. and at the end of the year, we had to write a, I had to write a summary of you know what he had done academically during the year, and um, I kind of went back. I got a little twitchy and went back to like the state standards and was looking at them. Um, I didn't necessarily need to because technically we don't have to follow those. Um, We just have to show growth. But as I'm looking at them, I realized that just living a life together and an intentional life together, Mm -hmm. we had like met or exceeded so many of them. Um, Like a trip to Target, we're like, we're covering math and we're covering economics and civics and Geography and all kinds of stuff um, that I think i 'm always looking for the learning, but just pausing and like looking really intentionally at that um, was startling to me in a great way as far as how much we learn by just doing life intentionally, i think
0: yeah, and I think that 's an important step too, because that 's how we build trust in in unschooling in this lifestyle it 's not about ignoring learning, you know, we're, we we right, want you know. to cultivate that learning lifestyle, right? Because it's fun. And that's the, the other piece too, is we realize this is fun for human beings, human beings yeah. like to learn, we get to learn, we get to, you know, yeah. all of a sudden I was rekindling all my excitement and interests in doing things yes. and living and learning in the world alongside them. That was, that was another revelation that was really helpful. Right. Absolutely. Just remembering that, like, innate desire to be curious that we all have
1: is, it's been so fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. And speaking of fun, what is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Hmm, I can't,
1: I can't even think of a favorite. It's summertime right now, so we're playing a lot. It's been so fun to, um, it's just so fun to play. I feel like our days are filled um, with play. And I felt like I spent so many years not having that. Um, and so I think my favorite part of our days is that we get to wake up and play. We play with the horses. We play with the tadpoles. We play at the trampoline park or the parkour park. Or um, I think both of my kids have a really fun sense of humor. And so there's banter that way. Um, I love not having pressure to be places that we don't want to be or struggle in the mornings to get somewhere that we don't want to get. And so, um, I think just the gift of living a life that, um, is just filled with like joy is so much fun. Um, and I don't, I don't know how we could have done it, um, with a different path for us. Um.
0: So yeah, I I think just the freedom to play. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned like your kids' humor and stuff. Like that, that is the, the cool piece, isn't it? That the whole kids are people too, but kids are fun to hang out with. Yes. Right? I enjoy them. I just,
1: I really enjoy them as people. I we go on vacation together. We're lucky to get to do that, um, and like I, I don't wish that they could be somewhere else. I think my life is enriched by being with them, um, and that's a really. I'm glad because they're with me for at least 18 years, and maybe longer. We'll see as long <laughs> as they want to be. So I'm glad that I enjoy them. I'm, yeah, glad that I'm not wishing the time away. Yeah, maybe yeah. specific moments. But in general, I would love <laughs> to be.
0: Yes, I mean, there's always those moments that aren't fun per se. But can you imagine having to go through those moments with a different kind of relationship? I mean, how much it's harder been. still those could be, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. I I love that, and I I love how um, you know, you, you've talked about the, the relationship with them and developing that connection. And that, that is just going to take, take you right, right through your whole lives together. And, and I think that's the, one of the most important shifts because, you know, conventionally, and so often people will say, you know, I couldn't hang out with my kids that much. But when, like you said, when you take that pressure off of having to follow this schedule of things that nobody is particularly yeah. interested in doing, but we have to do, when you take that layer out, we are all different people, aren't we? Like not just the kids, are different; we are different yeah. people as parents too. And that we can live together, like feel like we're all people living together with our different levels of experience and knowledge about the world and everything, it's not about parents becoming children, Yes, you know, right. throwing out who we are. Right. It's literally all of us living together as, as human beings. Right.
1: Yeah. When well, I think that was part of the transition into, I guess maybe attachment parenting or peaceful parenting or whatever the terminology would be is that it's not like, anarchy or some crazy um you know circus yeah. well it sometimes feels like it. it's in like the best ways maybe but um, it's not I mean I think that's where the relationship piece comes in like I would say it's the relationships that contribute to the peace in our home it's not like the lack of discipline or punishment that contributes to like this crazy wild anarchist situation that we have um, I think the relationships contribute to the peace. And part of that relationship is figuring out like how much I have to give and when I need to like pull back and refuel for a few minutes or have a breather or do some self-care in the way that I'm talking to myself. Or I mean, all of that is a dance. And I think, I think if I'm only ever pouring out, I will eventually have nothing else to give and then it won't work. And so part of that relationship with them has also been um, kind of healing myself and figuring out, yeah, I, who I am so that in the house we can all, we can all just live a life that's filled with joy. And if, yeah, mm-hmm. I just think the idea of that we're all different, unique individuals, like living together and developing this beautiful relationship. I think it's contributed to, to this style of life working well for us.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love that that piece you talked about about ourselves too. I mean, I know. Authentic is another word that gets bandied around a lot, but when we are our authentic or real selves with our kids, without putting any pressure on them or anything to meet our needs, that's not what it's about. Not trying to manipulate them to do things to make us feel better. You know, it is not what we're talking about, but you were talking like self-taught, like understand... What, what that level of authentic engagement with our kids means is so much more self-awareness for us, right? Yeah, we completely. need to understand ourselves so that we can understand where, where we are, you know, how empty yeah. our well is at this moment, you know, and not unrealistically say yes to taking on yeah. things that would just completely deplete us. Completely but having yeah. having that conversation you know what i am way too tired to do that today but can we do that in the morning cuz i know i'll be i'll be ready for it just having those mm-hmm. kinds of conversations with them right that's that's what i yeah. mean when i talk about living authentically yeah. and that's where you're really living together and and they're learning about understanding other people's feelings yes. other people's where they are in that moment you know, so, so it's not about unthinkingly, that's where your anarchy comes in. When you, I got to say yes all the right. time, right? And you're depleting right. yourself and things are just going crazy because you've got nothing left to be engaged enough with right. them so that they don't go right. over the edge, you know, and then you're over right. the edge and, and there's your anarchy, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: And that, and I think living that way, it does, like you said, it gives them an awareness of other people's needs and Mm -hmm. just where those lines might be. Um, but it also gives them permission. I think to be able to say, um, I can't do this right now in relationships down the future. Um, and I also, my kids will, which I love about them when I get, um, a bit short or, um, can be a bit snarky when I'm tired or overwhelmed. Both of my kids will like put their hands on their hips and be like, mom, I don't like when you talk to me like that. Um, and I'm so glad that they know, like they can say, I don't like to be treated this way. And typically it makes me bust out laughing. Um, and kind of brings me back to the present moment. Um, but I think all of that just models like healthy human relationships.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I, I, I love that too. When we have the relationship, the openness where they can say, they can point out, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's weird, you know, or I don't like the way you're talking to me or, you know, I feel bad when you say, it, or please stop talking, you know, when yeah. you're you're feeling the need to keep explaining things <laughs> and they're like, okay, stop now.
1: <laughs> I definitely heard that one. I'm like, too many <laughs> words. I was using Words.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me, Martha. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And before we go, where can people find you and connect with you online? Um, primarily
1: Facebook. Um, I Yeah. I'm on Facebook at Martha Delmore. Um, yeah. That's probably the main place to find me right now. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Thanks so much, Martha, and have a great day.
1: Thank you. You as well.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the third book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Life Through the Lens of Unschooling. This book is a wide array of essays drawn from my blog that shed light on the day-to-day lives of unschooling families. You'll find essays tackling everything from learning to read to visiting relatives, all organized around nine keywords that have been woven into the fabric of our unschooling lives. Deschooling, learning, days, parenting, relationships, family, lifestyle, unconventional, and perspective. The theme is life, the lens unschooling until next time have fun living and learning with your family